So we've we spent three weeks talking about how to just get along, basically, uh, which is shows that one probably not great at it. Two, it matters a lot. So let's put the glasses on now that we are all perfect at this. We're just we're knocking it out of the park. This is the most unified place that you've ever seen. We're all working in one accord, and, and there's no conflict in between us. And even when there is, even when a little thing of conflict crops up, we just go straight to the person, you talk to them, you reconcile, you're restored, you're whole again. And uh, we're just, people look at us and go, wow, they love one another so well. And our witness to the world is, uh, is an invitation to say, come be a part of a community that loves one another. That only leaves us with about 50% of the equation done. So we talked about the first 50% of what it means to be God's people is we just need to love each other and get along. So we spent three weeks on the first 50%, and then we're going to blitz through the last 50% uh, with when we're operating in a healthy way, when we're operating in, in wholeness and in unity, what does it look like for us to look deep inside of ourselves and say, who did God make me to be? And what does it look like for me to operate how, uh, in the giftings and in the wirings and in the unique thumbprint that he gave me, what does it look like for me to be that person in the midst of this body? Because when we gather, we gather with this sort of collective agreement. Not that we have it all together all the time, not that you have to be perfect when you show up inside these doors, but instead, we gather in a community, a community that the banner over us is love, the work of Jesus, and part of existing in that community is that we are contributors. Part of the agreement of existing in a faith community is that there are no passive uh, observers we are active participants. There are no passive observers, just active participants. Which then begs the question of us, what do you have to offer? And I want to head off right here at the beginning, because it would be very early in my tenure here at Connection Church. Uh, this is not the launch of a capital campaign. Uh, I am not even necessarily asking you to, uh, that there's like, we're starting all these new ministries and children's ministry really needs your help and student ministry really needs your help. Those things are true. Uh, but the purpose of today is to invite the conversation uh, about how God has wired and gifted and the moment you said yes to Jesus, those things rise to the top and then you have these gifts to offer. Why? For the building up of the church. That's, that's kind of how I view my job as your pastor is what does it look like for us to cultivate those gifts together uh, that when uh, whenever our times part, be it two weeks from now or, or uh, 50 years from now, uh, whenever our, our ways part, that, that what I have given you is the gift of cultivation. I've given you the gift that you can say, Jordan walked with me and, and I look more like who Jesus created me to be 
because of it. And that's my, that's my hope for today, is to help you lean into that gifting, to help you uh, uh, realize and, and come to the terms with how God has uniquely wired and gifted you. So Romans 12, we're going to camp there for a little while, and then we're going to be in Corinthians. Um, and so Romans 12, we're going to start in verse 3. And here's what Paul says about giftings, about spiritual gifts. He says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form how many bodies? This is part of the the active participation. One body. I heard some of you, so props if you did it the first time around. Uh, We form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So Paul begins this, uh, this whole passage with, uh, for by the grace given to me, here's what I said to you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Which, if we can just pause and reflect back on the first three weeks, how many problems for, uh, for disunity and wholeness and all of this stuff, how many problems would be solved if our posture was consistently uh, not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. And, and I, would, I would venture to say that this would probably solve a multitude of the problems that we experience here as God's people. Uh, see, not, uh, not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to solves the problem of unity because you're always willing to prefer the other person. You go, oh, my opinion, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's do what you want. And then, uh, again, our worldly mind uh, the, the carnalness in us begins to think, well, if I'm always doing that, then I'm never going to get my opinion. But here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. Uh, you're going, listen, I'm going to prefer you. And the other person's going to go, well, no, I, I prefer you. I prefer what you're saying. And then you're going to go, well, no, no, I'm just going to prefer what you're saying. And then the more you go back and forth saying, I'm just going to prefer, I'm going to like submit to you. I'm, just, well, I'm not thinking of myself more highly than I ought to. And the more you, you go back and forth, you begin to realize that whatever you're preferring one another over probably doesn't matter. And it becomes, Andy Stanley says, uh, leadership, uh, but I think it applies to us here, is a race to the back of the line. That we're not jumping up and down and shouting and saying, here is my preference, the world needs to know it. But instead we're going, whatever whatever you think. Here's my opinion, but whatever you think. Whatever you think. And, and, and we're constantly preferring one another, not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Uh, it, it, not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to solves the problem uh, of conflict. 
Because again, you're always laying down your preferences and saying, uh, oh, I must, I, I clearly have done something to wrong you. I am so deeply sorry about that. You're not bringing pride to the table to say, uh, well, yeah, but if you understood what I meant behind what I said, or, or if you understood what my heart was inside of this, you're going, no, clearly something I've done has made you feel like there's brokenness in the, this relationship, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It solves that problem. Not thinking of yourself <clears throat> more highly than you ought to solves the problem of forgiveness because you, you look at things through the lens of Jesus. This is what we talked about last week, that Jesus, uh, we're supposed to show forgive as Jesus forgave us. But we love to receive the forgiveness from Jesus, but then never be a conduit of the forgiveness of Jesus. We talked about how we're thankful that in these moments uh, we get to experience God's mercy because if, if Jesus, if God dealt with us like we deserved, we would all be aghast at the outcome. But he didn't. He showed us forgiveness. And we get to, we get to think, well, uh, if we're not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to, we then get to think of things through the lens of like, I did not deserve forgiveness, but Jesus gave it to me, so I'm going to extend very quick forgiveness to others. Not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to is the way of Jesus. This is what Paul talks about in uh, Philippians chapter 2 when he says, Jesus uh, being equal with God in every single way, uh, but not counting equality with God something to be grasped, humbled himself and made him a servant. Jesus models for us what it looks like to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Like he was, he is God. Jesus is God, but chose to humble himself. The invitation seems to be here from Paul to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Um, uh, to enter into this community not worrying about what other people think of you. Not worrying about what other people are bringing to the table of like, oh, look how good I am. Look how many ministries I serve in. Look at all the good that my life does. But instead going, here's what I have to offer. Jesus, Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you with it. And I'm trusting that everyone else around the table is bringing what they have to offer and trusting Jesus with it too. So don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Then he goes on to say, uh, just as you have, have one body and you have many members. I've got one body, got two arms, a couple legs, a couple knees. Last I checked, a couple kneecaps, some elbows, some ears, some of the bushiest eyebrows you've ever seen. Got lots going on here, but it makes up the one. Lots going on, but it makes up the one. And Paul reminds us, just like you have lots going on, but it makes up the one, so it is with this. There's lots going on here. We're all bringing different things to the table. I am a uh, pastor by profession. Jordan Lang is a pastor by profession. Uh, Kent Lee is a tradesman, like a, 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 works with his hands, construction by profession. We are not the same person for a, a really a multitude of reasons. He is far cooler than me in every single way. Kent. Just, you just are. Um, but a real man's man. 
uh, uh, he has things to offer that I don't have to offer. In fact, if we attempted uh, to, to like, okay, let's set out and we're going to build a house. I would immediately call a professional like Kent to build the house for me. Uh, but he would be able to, to do it on his own. And, and so we all have, are bringing different perspectives to the table. We're all bringing different life experiences to the table. We're all bringing uh, different situations that we're currently walking through to the table. So we make up one body, but there's a multitude of, of us involved in that body. So we don't all have the same function, but we all belong to the one. Just like in the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is one. It's one body. <coughs> then it says, each member belongs to the others. So maybe today's not totally 50% of the equation. Maybe we're still chunking off. Maybe it's more like 60 or 75% that the unity and the wholeness is that important to us. We, we belong to the one body, and by belonging to the, the one body, we're submitting to the fact, uh, it says each member belongs to the other. So just like uh, this idea of Pando. We talked about that the first week. This, this giant stand of aspen trees, 108 acres, and you have all these individual trunks coming up, but underneath the surface, they are connected by the root system. And they are so connected that they share DNA, and it's just this web of interconnected roots that on one side of the 108 acres, if something happens, the other side is sending support and sending aid and sending help and sending all of these things. That's what Paul's talking about here. You belong to one another. You belong to one another. And here's what that means. Here's what that means. It's the beauty of it. That when you are going through ugly, hard hurtful, painful times where you, you are like the, a runner at the end of a marathon. I'm sure you guys have seen videos of this before, and you can't make it to the finish line, and your legs are wobbling, and your knees are weak, and you say, I can't possibly go on another day. Uh, because you don't just belong to yourself, you get others around you who get to bear that burden for you. They get to come lift up your arms and, and, and put their arm around you and, and walk with you as slow as you need across that finish line. You get the encouragement from God's people who I have read in Scripture are supposed to be some of the most loving, gracious, and kind people that we've ever met. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to one another. You get encouragement but part of belonging to one another, this is what I say when, when I baptize someone, that you're entering into a covenant community, and so you get the encouragement, and then at the same time, you get the accountability. And the accountability isn't, I want to find you doing wrong so that I can like, ha ha, I found you doing wrong, and you're such a terrible person. But no, it's in the same way. So I get to hold you accountable, and I get to say, listen, Jesus deserves better, and I think he's calling us to something more. How can I walk alongside you uh, in this? How can, I, how can I encourage you? How can, I, how can, I, uh, can, I, can we meet? Can we do something uh, so, that, so that you can represent Jesus more fully in this area of your life? So don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. We're, we're one body, many members, and we all bring different things to the table. 
And then he, he goes off and he lists a bunch of things. He talks about uh, prophesying. He talks about serving. He talks about teaching, encouraging. He talks about giving, leading, showing mercy. And, and for so long, young Jordan uh, interpreted these as uh, pure inventory status of of. Uh, I'm going to look at these, and we can list them out, and I can say, here's one spiritual gift uh, you can have, and, and here's another spiritual gift you can have, and here's another spiritual gift that you can have. And so maybe, maybe it is an inventory of sorts. Maybe it's an inventory to check, like, yes, I have this, or no, I don't have this. But one of the things that God has been cultivating in me most recently is that maybe more than an inventory, this, this is an invitation an invitation to realize that uh, people here are different than me, and I am different than people here, but we all have something to offer. Maybe it's an invitation for us to lean into the presence of God in our lives, to lean into and discover uh, what it means to become who God made us to be, Maybe it's an invitation for us to lift up uh, one another, to do what Paul says in Ephesians uh, is building the body, establishing God's kingdom here in Vermilion County, but recognizing that we can't do it alone. We can't, we can't go about the business of building the church alone. We have to do it in conjunction with one another. Let me just read 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Paul gets at some of the same ideas. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, the same God is at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the gifts of the Spirit, present and working in our lives, are given for the common good for all of us. To one uh, is given the spirit of message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. Uh, to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing or discerning between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, to interpret tongues. But they're all coming from the same spirit. And all of these work of one and of the same spirit. And he distributes them to each of us just as he determines. So again, we've recognized, same thing, that these gifts are from the Holy Spirit. These gifts are from God. There's different types of gifts, but they're all from the same God. And the purpose of the gifts, the purpose of us possessing these things is for the common good. For the building of the body. And I want us to zoom out a little bit because so often when we come to passages like this or when we come to passages like the one in Romans, so often we approach them and we approach the building of the body as the building of Connection Church that meets here on the corner of Liberty and Townway. And that's just not true. The building of the body, the establishment of God's kingdom is far bigger than that. Because guess what? Should the Lord tarry in his return, chances have it, in 500 years, this building's not going to exist. 
If statistics show the life cycle of a church, I don't know, 80 or so years, uh, chances have it, in 500 years, should, should the Lord tarry, should the Lord wait upon his return, uh, chances have it, uh, Connection Church is not going to be a 501c3. But do you know what will continue to be established? The kingdom of God. What does Jesus say to Peter? Peter, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. We are a part of building something that is bigger than each of us individually. We, our life's work is a part of building something that is bigger than a nonprofit that we exist as a part of. We are a part of building and building up something eternal, something that will last forever. We are practicing in this room uh, here and now. We are practicing what we're going to do for eternity to magnify God's goodness, to come and reflect. Like, let us tell one another the good works of God. It's bigger than Connection Church. It just is. And so the the operating inside of our giftings, yes, we're going to lean into the expressions of what it means for us to operate inside our giftings here in this building and here in this context. But this is so much bigger than that. And the invitation uh, for us to lean into these giftings means that we are going to uh, work to establishing God's kingdom here in Vermilion County. It means we're going to work to build up other bodies that don't meet in this context. It means we're going to work to, to, uh, for, for the dream and the vision of uh, like Vermilion County as it is in heaven being realized. And so, yes, we're going to lean on you guys to operate inside of your giftings here in this place because we can't divorce the two. But we're also going to lean on you to operate inside of your giftings in your places of work. And in your friend groups. And in your families. Believing that God has placed you exactly where you are. uh, Much like in the book of Esther. For such a time as this. But we, we can't do it unless we're bringing the best of what we have to the table. There's a story. Uh, about... Uh, Long time ago, 1500s, this, this village was having a festival. And, and the, the mayor of the village said, uh, we need to celebrate and we need to do this right. And so everyone go home, get your best bottle of wine. I mean the best, the one that's been aged to perfection, the one that has all of the flavorful notes, the one that is the one that you are most proud of owning. Go and get that. I'm not a wine connoisseur. I'm no sommelier. And so I don't know in practicality how this would work. But he said, uh, so that we can share them together, we're going to have this, this, giant, this giant jug. And we're all going to bring our, our best wines to the table. And, and we're all going to put them together. And, and when we put them together, something beautiful is going to be created. And so one by one, uh, each of the villagers in the town said, uh, they, they all went home. They grabbed their their finest bottles of wine, and they said, "Uh, I'm going to go to the town square. I'm going to offer what I have to offer. And so they go, and and they all pour it in, and and, uh, slowly but surely, the jug starts to rise, 
And, and they say, all right, it's time to start the party. And so they go, and they start passing out cups to everyone. And the mayor goes, and he, and he taps the jug, and uh, he goes to pour the first glass. And out comes water. When we exist in a body, when we exist in a community, it's really, really easy to be a passive observer. It's easy for us to go, I, I don't necessarily need to bring the best of what I have to the table because uh, Doug will probably take care of it. I don't need the, to bring the, the best uh, of what I have to the table because Katrina Novacek will do it. That, that lady is everywhere, doing everything. She's so involved. I don't, need, I don't need to bring the gifts that God has given me because surely I can blend into everyone else doing their thing and nobody's going to notice. When all of us come to the table, assuming that everyone else's gifts are going to cover us. This is what we get. If I can just make a plea to you as your pastor, these next few years, uh, I just, I've, I've talked to people about it. I believe with all of my heart we're going to be a part of something. I can't, I can't have you take a back seat. And again, I want to be super clear. This isn't, a, this isn't a capital campaign. This isn't a plea to serve in children's or, or student ministry, although I want you to. I, I need what God has put deeply and uniquely inside of every one of you. And yes, there's going to be seasons where you say, I am empty I don't know if I have anything to offer. And guess what? There's going to be people with a unique gift set of mercy and kindness to come around you and say, I hear you. Let me carry you through this season. And there's going to be a season where it feels like you're, you're pouring double bottles in because you're like, I'm giving everything I have to offer. But I need you. The church needs you. The kingdom of God needs you. And we need better than this. We need better than just everyone assuming that everyone else is going to take care of it. We need better than assuming uh, that, that things are going to be covered because they always have been. We need you. We need you. Maybe you're sitting there wondering, Mandy, can you grab me one of those packets? Maybe you're sitting there wondering, what does it mean? Okay, yes, Jordan, I want to do, uh, I wanna do uh, my part. I want to be a part of what God's doing. Uh, I don't even know what that looks like. And so I'm sending you home very lovingly with homework today. This is, there's a lot of spiritual gift inventories, okay? I'm less worried about the inventories and more, dis, more worried about discovering what does it mean uh, for you to discover how God created you and this is, uh, hands down, one of the best inventories 
that I have ever encountered when it comes to spiritual gifts. It is so good. It, 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 uh, what it does, it's got just a whole, whole list of different options for spiritual gifts. And then for each one, it's like, here's the goal of this spiritual gift. Here's, like, uh, just to sum it up in just a word and a quick sentence, here's what it looks like if you have the abilities or traits that go with this spiritual gift. Things to remember if you feel like you have the spiritual gift. Uh, rewards that it talks about in Scripture for this spiritual gift. And then cautions for, like, hey, be careful. Here's what it might look like to operate in this gifting in an unhealthy way. And it's just is the best resource that I have encountered. And so um, I think I've got enough for every family to take one home today um, and probably some more than that. And I want you to, uh, to go home this week and I want you to, to dig in to this and I want you to give it a good read and spend some time praying and, um, and go, Jesus, how have you gifted me? What have you put deep down inside of me that I have to give as a gift to the world? And I want to bring the best of what I have. I don't want to bring second best or, or just assume other people are going to come for, uh, cover for me. Here's what I have to offer. Here's where the homework kicks in. I would just be enthralled in love with every single one of you. Not that I'm not. I would love to hear from you guys about what your uh, leading gifts are. So if next week, if you would just do me a favor, as you're, uh, I'm, I won't pull this card often, but as your pastor, I'm asking you, <laughs> however pitiful I can ask, I would love to know, uh, hey, me and my spouse, who sat down together, here was our top couple, or I... I, I Got, got away, I did some quiet time. Here's, here's my top one. And you don't have to necessarily bring this back. There's a handy, handy spot to fill in. But if you just come back to me and go, uh, here was ones that seemed to like really leap off the page to me and it really resonated with how my brain works and how I think. Uh, and I think what we're going to find is that there's this beautiful collection, that there's this beautiful collection of gifts coming together that honor God and build the kingdom. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, finish today off, much like we finished uh, every service off in October, uh, by sitting around the Lord's table together and remembering his sacrifice. Because again, that is central to what we're doing here. If Jesus didn't, uh, didn't die and wasn't raised back to life, there's no point in us working towards unity. If Jesus didn't die and wasn't raised back to life, there's no, uh, there's no purpose in us operating in our giftings for a hurting and broken world to see. Uh, the, the cross is central to everything we've talked about and everything that we need to do. And so, uh, much like there has been, there's going to be a song of reflection. This one is, out of the four weeks, probably my favorite song, and I play it often. And it just talks about, like, Lord, establish what we're doing here. We want to work for you. We want to give our gifts to you, and we're just trusting you. It's out of Psalm 91, and we're just trusting you uh, that you'll work in and through those things. So I'm going to stick this down here. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, Come, grab your communion elements. We will partake of them together, so hold on to them. And then um, uh, we're going to finish out today with a time of testimony. So Jesus, we are grateful. We're grateful for what this month has been. We're grateful for how we've seen you Uh, work in the midst of it. We ask that uh, by our meditation today, you will be honored uh, that as we remember your sacrifice on the cross, you'll be glorified. 
And that as we all strive to work, uh, that you will establish what we're doing. Not for the sake of Connection Church. Not for the sake of us. But for, for your name's sake, for your kingdom. Jesus, we want to be a part of it. Be honored now during this time. And we ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.